0: Welcome to Lifelines, the radio program of the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation. I'm Matthew Wagner, Education Director of the Federation, and we've got a great show coming up. But first, the headlines. It'll soon be fair and festival season again, and pro-life volunteers across the Commonwealth will be at community events throughout the summer to share information about protecting our right to life. Our growing number of chapters will be at dozens of fairs this summer sharing pro-life facts, and offering free resources. Stop in to learn important information about a baby's development in the womb and hold a lifelike fetal model, or learn about the medical risk of abortion and current pro-life issues in government. Sign a petition against the brutal and barbaric practice of dismemberment abortion. Learn more about how churches can promote a culture of life and find out about the vital resources available to pregnant women and their families in our state. To learn more about how you can be a part of our growing pro-life outreach, visit our website at www.paprolife.org. You can help your community see why there is always a reason to choose life. Pro-life President Donald Trump recently celebrated his first 100 days in office. The celebration gives us an opportunity to consider all President Trump has done to protect preborn babies in his first 100 days. These accomplishments include reinstating a policy that prevents organizations receiving federal foreign aid from performing abortions or promoting them, nominating now Supreme Court Justice Neil Gorsuch, a pro life justice in the mold of the late beloved Justice Antonin Scalia appointing avid pro-lifers to key cabinet positions, including Kellyanne Conway as Senior Advisor, Tom Price as Secretary of Health and Human Services, Nikki Haley as UN Ambassador, and Ben Carson as Secretary of Housing and Urban Development. These accomplishments, among others, are encouraging signs that life is winning and inspire us to continue to remind those around us that they can always choose life. In 1973, a few men wrongly decided the Supreme Court case Roe v. Wade and opened the floodgates to abortion on demand. Today, thanks to the window to the womb of ultrasound imaging, we have a much clearer picture of babies' development before they are born. Ultrasound images have captured babies in the womb waving and smiling, just like babies who are born. Ultrasounds have recorded babies blinking or moving to the beat of music in the womb. One baby at 14 weeks gestation even made headlines after the mother posted a video of the baby clapping in the womb. Learn more about preborn babies' amazing abilities at www.paprolife.org. And remember, there's always a reason to choose life. In 2015, when the Center for Medical Progress released its videos allegedly exposing Planned Parenthood for selling aborted baby body parts for profit, Planned Parenthood couldn't get its story straight. First, Planned Parenthood officials claimed the videos were edited. When the unedited videos were released, they claimed the money wasn't really profit, it was just reimbursement of expenses. When that was proven to be a lie, They claimed they would stop selling aborted baby body parts. Unfortunately, new video recently released by the Center for Medical Progress proves that Planned Parenthood is still misleading the public. The new videos show Planned Parenthood doctors allegedly still selling aborted baby body parts to the highest bidder. The bottom line is, if Planned Parenthood is willing to kill babies and sell their body parts, is it any wonder they would continue to lie about it this just gives us another reason to remind people that there's always a reason to choose life and now to our guest michael chico is is the executive director of the pennsylvania pro-life federation and michael and i recently completed the federation's seventh pro-life town hall tour welcome michael Thank you, Matthew. Hello, everybody. It's great to have you. And I'm not just saying that because you're my boss. (laughs) Hey, Michael, let's talk about the Town Hall Tour. Why does the Pro-Life Federation do a tour of the state every spring?
1: Well, the the primary mission actually of the Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation is to educate the public about the truth behind abortion, infanticide, and euthanasia. And, And we do this in many, many different ways. This radio show, for example, is yeah. a good example of one of our educational outreaches. And the Prince and the Pro-Life Town Hall Tour is another opportunity for people to come out for just two hours for a live event where they can learn the truth about the hottest topics and the most current topics in pro-life because, frankly, people aren't going to get the truth about what's going on in <laughs> these pro-life topics uh, from the mainstream media. Sure. Uh, plus, it's a chance... Uh, to get answers to any questions that pro-lifers might have. And it gives people uh, the opportunity to meet us in person so that we're not just a name uh, that they see online, uh, on some of the things from our website, uh, or uh, a name that they see on a letter that they get in the mail, uh, educating them and asking them for, for donations.
0: Right, sure. So now that we've done this for seven years in a row, What struck you the most about these events? Well, what really
1: impresses me, Matt, about this are the number of people who are so passionate about restoring the right to life in our culture. Um, We get to chat with people uh, informally before the events, before every pro-life town hall. People get there early and we chat with them. And then during the course of the event, people are so attentive. I mean, really attentive uh, to the very end. And so many people, when when it's over with, don't want to leave. They stick around. They stay. uh, They want to chat with each other, with other pro-lifers that are there. Uh, They want to talk to us and and ask us questions, personal questions they may have about situations they're aware of, uh, or tell us our, our personal stories. And I guess that's the second most um, important thing that I think uh, strikes me about the town hall tour is how much we learn from the people
0: that Absolutely. attend the town halls. Sure. Really, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. But isn't it expensive to do a tour of this magnitude all over the entire state? Actually,
1: I tell people that we really do the entire town hall tour on a shoestring budget. Uh, about the only direct expenses that the Federation has – Are our transportation, gas, and tolls uh, to get around the state. Uh, People, when we're out around the state, tend to graciously pay for our meals for us. Mm -hmm. Uh, And people actually put us up for the night uh, whenever we have to stay overnight in the different towns so that there's no lodging expenses uh, involved in the Pro-Life Town Hall Tour. Uh, And in every event, I, I put a basket out on our education table, and I offer people the opportunity if they'd like to throw a couple bucks into the basket to help right. offset our uh, transportation costs, you know, I, I welcome them to do that. It's not a fundraiser at all. Uh, we're not expecting people to give donations. We don't charge people to come for the pro-life town hall right. events. Uh, but if they want to help us out, and every year we found at the end of the tour when we add up our bills and then we add up the 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 dollars and the fives that people have thrown into sure. the the basket, it pays. Uh, for the expenses. So it really, uh, it's not that expensive a tour for the Federation. Isn't it amazing how that always works out? Yeah, it
0: is. (laughs) Now, let me ask you something. Obviously, this was only my second year doing the tour, but I really noticed a different energy during this year. Can you talk about the optimism out there and how it fed into your first topic? Boy, you're really right about that, Matt. Um, For the first six years
1: of the tour, and and I've been doing them every single year since we got them started, we were living under our pro-abortion President Obama Mm. and his entire radical pro-abortion agenda. And and during those six years, clearly pro-lifers were very fearful. Um, Even some were very angry uh, with the President Obama's support for the abortion industry, and, and his efforts to use more and more of our tax dollars uh, to promote and to pay for the killing of innocent pre-born babies, not only here in the United States, but also around the world. Right. But this year, you're right, people were really happy. I mean, there was sort of a uh, almost a giddiness in, the, in our pro-life town halls compared to what I've seen before. Uh, because they have seen what our pro-life President Trump uh, has been doing to promote the pro-life cause, uh, to save pre-born babies and their moms uh, from the horror of abortion, and to really stand up for the right to life, mm-hmm. and and this optimism was fed by the sense that finally life is winning. Absolutely, life is winning in our country, A- and I offer it as evidence. Uh, to the fact that life is winning, Um, some explanation. First of all, I explained that the horrendous story of that notorious serial killer um, who is really the most notorious serial killer in our entire country uh, has been a real game changer for the pro-life cause, And if you're not familiar with who I'm talking about, I'm talking about the West Philadelphia abortionist, Kermit Gosnell. Now, here was a guy who was a monster, Mm -hmm. and he preyed on poor women. He preyed on minority women. He preyed on immigrants. He told them that he would abort their late-term babies, but instead he would deliver them alive. He would deliver these babies alive Mm. and then basically murder them. Hundreds of them, according to the grand jury report. And he did this in the most filthy, unsanitary facility you can imagine. With untrained staff, completely unqualified to do their jobs. Mm. Now, Kermit Gosnell is going to be in prison until he dies. But his case actually woke up Pennsylvania and woke up the nation to the inhumane reality of abortion for all the babies and moms Mm -hmm. who experience it. And so the fact that he woke us up and got everybody seeing the reality of it, we knew it in the pro-life movement, Matt. I mean, anybody out there who's pro-life, who's been active in the movement, knew the horrors of what was going on in these places. But nobody else was paying attention to it. And people, as much as they might have tried to ignore what was happening with Gusnell, could not ignore how horrendous it was. And so because of that case, the Pennsylvania legislature passed and Governor Governor Corbett, uh, before he left office, had signed a law regulating freestanding abortion centers uh, to meet the same standards, standards as outpatient um, surgical facilities. Right. Um, and, and frankly, once those standards were set and that law went into effect, five abortion centers closed because they either couldn't or would not be able to meet those basic standards. Right. And And all of these abortion facilities are now subject to regular and even no-notice inspections. And another thing about that law was it requires that all complaints – Uh, to either the Department of Health or the Department of State that has the Medical Bureau. Complaints must be looked into and they must be handled quickly. And all of the information about these complaints uh, is available uh, out on the Internet. So people can actually see the reality of what's going on in those centers uh, real time. Another evidence that life is winning that I talked about on the town hall tour was that Over 334 pro-life laws have been enacted by various states since 2011 when the whole Kermit Gosnell case came to light. So that's a lot of of law and a lot of restrictions on abortion that are saving babies and moms from abortion all across the United States. And besides the laws that went into effect all over America, There have been 131 abortion centers that have closed since 2011. And nationwide, the total number of abortions per year have now dropped below 1 million per year. I mean, that's a horrible number, I mean, to think that many. But now in in the, the latest year that we have statistics for, it's down to 900 and some thousand. That is the lowest number since 1974. That's so great. life really is winning on many, yeah. many different counts. Absolutely. So, so that that was the topic that that I talked about in terms of life is winning. Uh, Matt, after I spoke about that, you were up to <laughs> bat and. Um, you then flipped the proverbial coin and talked about how death is losing. Right. Um, and what was that all about in your talk, Matt?
0: Sure. Well, uh, when I think of death, I think of Planned Parenthood. and After all, Planned Parenthood was founded by somebody who believed in using abortion as a form of eugenics to purify the gene pool, if you can imagine that. So Planned Parenthood is really executing on that mission. They perform 80% Uh, of their clinics are in minority communities and they do almost 324,000 abortions nationwide every year. Think about that. That's about 17 abortions every 10 minutes. That's approximately the size of a kindergarten classroom obliterated every 10 minutes by Planned Parenthood. But The good news is we do say they're losing Because they're being forced to close facilities all over the country for budgetary reasons. Some of that is due to an overall reduction in the number of abortions, thanks to modern science and medical technology showing us what an abortion really is, the killing of a living human being. But some of it is due to the exposure that Planned Parenthood has received for, for what it truly is, the largest abortion machine in the country. Focused on raking in over a billion dollars, a billion dollars in profit just for killing preborn babies. Now, you return to the topic of life is winning again as it relates to doctor prescribed suicide, or as it's more commonly known, assisted suicide. Can you expand on that? Yes. Well, I talked about J.J. Hansen.
1: Uh, He's a fighter. He fought for the United States whenever he was in the Marine Corps and he fought for his health when he was diagnosed with cancer. And now he is fighting against assisted suicide as the president of the Patient Rights Action Fund. In 2016, for example, in just that one year alone, the Patient Rights Action Fund defeated 22 different initiatives to legalize assisted suicide in our country in different states and that's why i say that life is winning Uh, this is also where i explained uh, during the town hall tour that we really don't like the term physician-assisted suicide for this because it really doesn't describe what's happening here and as you mentioned we really believe that it should be called doctor prescribed suicide right Uh, because in the states where it works uh, people may not understand how how it does function, and basically the way it works is uh, a doctor says to a patient, "You have less than six months to live." Then the patient has to voluntarily request from the doctor a lethal dose of drugs to be able to kill themselves, and then the doctor writes a prescription for a lethal dose of drugs. Hands it to the patient. The patient takes the prescription to their pharmacy, has the pharmacist fill the prescription. They take the pills home, and then when they're ready, they commit suicide. Mm. Uh, there's no requirement that a doctor be there to assist them. There's actually no requirement that anybody be there uh, to assist or witness it. I mean, the, besides the tragedy, tragedy of promoting suicide of all things, um, there are no ways to control what could possibly happen with these drugs uh, once people take them into their homes. And so uh, we uh, have seen this pass in six different states and in the District of Columbia. But we've also seen that 30 states, including Pennsylvania, have rejected this in in their states. And so there are so many people opposing the legalization of this
0: that that's another reason why I say life is winning yeah absolutely now, Michael, your next topic was also a timely one uh, talking about the Supreme Court. you made a bold prediction during that topic. you care to share? Oh, I'd love to because <laughs> and it and
1: it really was a bold prediction, I think and and my prediction was that Roe will go uh, Roe, of course, yeah. I'm talking about that infamous uh, Roe versus Wade decision, Roe, um, and and when I say Roe will go, I'm saying that I believe Roe will go uh, within the next decade. Now that's the that's the bold part about it because as Afers, you know, we have lived under this since 1973, right. and I don't think there was ever a time when I would have been confident enough to say that within 10 years Roe will go. But I think we can say that now. That's uh, because. Uh, with the Supreme Court where it is right now, as you mentioned in your news highlights, Justice Gorsuch is on the court. He replaces Antonin Scalia. That's great, but we basically still have a four-five court. Four justices who we believe would overrule Roe versus Wade, but we have five who would not overrule, overrule it. And so we see um, during President Trump's time in office that he will have the opportunity uh, to replace a couple, at least certainly one pro-abortion justice on the Supreme Court uh, with someone who does look to the Constitution and will be willing to overturn Roe versus Wade. And so once that happens and we get the majority of of pro-lifers on the Supreme Court, we will see the overturn of Roe. Uh, But that's actually when the work begins, because that's when states will have the opportunity then uh, to outlaw um, uh, abortion in their states again.
0: Yep, absolutely. Well, speaking of timely topics, I had an opportunity to talk about something that's been in in the news quite a bit lately, and that's the idea of fake news. Uh, Specifically, I talked about it as it relates to our issues of abortion infanticide and euthanasia Uh, one example that i gave of fake news failing was the trial that you talked about a little bit ago that of kermit gosnell and how the media tried to hush that up it was a story that was tailor-made for evening news but they didn't want to talk about it but thanks to pro-lifers using social media platforms such as facebook and twitter The truth got out there, and now there's a book and soon-to-be a movie about Kermit Gosnell and his House of Horrors. Uh, We also talked about some of the ways in which pro-lifers can continue to use social media to defeat fake news by following the pages of pro-life groups like Pennsylvania Pro-Life Federation and the National Right to Life, and then by sharing that information with their social media communities. Finally, we talked about defeating fake news in the local community. Uh, We talked about using earned media. Uh, We talked about using taking our pro-life efforts into the local groups like schools and churches that we're involved in. Um, So we got to talk about how we can go about defeating defeating fake news and achieving the the dream of making abortion infanticide and euthanasia uh, completely unthinkable. Now, Michael, at the end, we gave participants a chance to ask some questions. What were some of the most popular questions this year? Well, um, one of the
1: questions was some confusion over do not resuscitate orders Mm. and assisted suicide, And, and people were a little confused, I think, about what the difference is between the two. Uh, and I think it, it's a good question because uh, there is a very fundamental difference. Uh, do not resuscitate orders, DNR orders, as they're called in, in the healthcare community, are, are orders where a patient expressly um, lets their physician know and their healthcare providers know that if for some reason their heart were to stop, they do not want to be resuscitated. Uh, They do not want CPR. They do not want to have ventilators applied. Uh, They don't want any artificial means uh, to to bring them back to life again, basically. They just want nature to take its course. And if it's their time to go, they're willing to go at that time. And so they make a conscience choice uh, to, to let nature take its course. Uh, There are many people who may not be ready for that at that time, and they may want to have CPR, and they may want to have a ventilator uh, to keep themselves going. But really, uh, to voluntarily say that you don't want to be resuscitated is not suicide. Right. Because you don't know if that's ever going to happen to you. Sure. You don't know when it could happen to you. So the difference with with doctor-prescribed suicide is here – the the patient is themselves specifically asking their doctor for drugs so that they can commit suicide right. uh, on their own terms and not wait for nature to take its course. Uh, and suicide is something that in our society uh, we have abhorred for as long as anybody can remember. And, right. and in other in other respects we have do not. You know, to societies to prevent suicide. Right. Sure. So we shouldn't be promoting suicide. So there is a a, a big difference between do not resuscitate and assisted suicide. Another question was, um, I was actually asked what our opinion of is the what what's our opinion of the recent controversy uh, in the Democratic Party about it not being All open right. to pro life people. Yep. You remember that one, Matt. And and the the question related to how the chairman of the Democratic Party recently announced uh, that he believes that people who do not support Roe v.ersus Wade should not be Democrats. Mm-hmm. I mean, talk about a, a bold statement for him to make. Right Now, the first thing is I guess we shouldn't be completely surprised by that because the Democratic Party has had a pro-abortion platform for years. Right. And even in the 2016 platform, the Democratic Party called for the government to begin funding abortions, right. uh, which is something that it hasn't been you know been trying to do uh, under the Hyde Amendment, even though it was being done or is being done under Obamacare. Um I and so I believe that it's really a shame that the yeah. Democratic Party of my family uh that advocated for taking care of the vulnerable and the people who were left out in society has been hijacked mm-hmm. by the radically abortion uh pro-abortion leaders that are now uh, in charge of that party. Right. Um and and I always admired pro-life Democrats who would who would stand up against uh, the party platform. Like our, our former governor, Bob Casey Sr., right. uh, the way he was strongly pro-life but strongly you know, for the Democratic Party. Um, uh, unfortunately, uh, that hasn't worked so well with his son. Senator Bob Casey Jr., uh, so as we much. know, went in and proclaimed to be pro-life. Uh, but he really has been v- voting more with his party elites, those pro-abortion people, and we don't see that happening. Uh, I believe that the Democratic Party should drop its pro-abortion platform and let its members vote their right. own consciences. Right. Now, the other thing that, uh, that came up uh, was some confusion, I think, over Roe versus Wade being overturned. You know, people are under the impression that when Roe v. Wade is overturned, that abortion will become illegal uh, in our country again. And so I did go on to explain at the town hall how once Roe v. Wade is overturned, it actually goes back to the states again to decide whether or not they are going to permit abortions. So in Pennsylvania, for example, the day after Roe v. Wade is overturned, we will still have legal abortion in our in our state because that's what our law says. Right. So we're going to have to pass a law again to restrict abortion like it was before Roe versus Wade. Uh, so I was happy to get
0: that cleared up. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Michael, as we wrap up here, I just want to thank you. You know, I know we said part of the purpose of the town hall tour was to really energize people and get them excited, uh, but I can tell you, I feel more energized after being with you and meeting these fellow pro-lifers. And I really appreciate the opportunity to be part of the tour. Uh, thank you for your time today to recap everything that we that we talked about. Uh, by the way, for our listeners, we do still have an event scheduled for Doylestown on May 22nd, and we have several chapters working on events for the fall. So I want to encourage you to go to our website at paprolife.org, that's paprolife.org, Uh, And on our website, there's a Town Hall Tour link where you can get the most up-to-date information on where we're going to be, when we're going to be in a town near you, and um, I encourage you to check that out. If you don't see an event near you, give us a call. Maybe we can put one together. Uh, This is an important way to remind those around you that there is always a reason to choose life.